Hello, Wear Many Hats listeners. We've got another interesting one here for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about technology as an enabler within the workspace, specifically facilities management, but I'm sure that we'll probably delve into other areas. Absolutely fantastic to be joined today by Sam Farrant, who is the head of digital workplace at Transact. Um, he's also been involved in technology for many, many years um, from a facilities management perspective. So he can really give some significant guidance um, on how the future may look from a technical perspective. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? Good. And nice to meet you. And thanks for inviting me. That's okay. Did you like the intro? Did I get it right? Or? Yeah, all good. Are you sure? Yeah. Positive? Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. How's your day been? Good. Yeah, lots of meetings. Yeah? How many? Four. Four? Oh, God. Do you have any beers or is it just coffee? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Only four at each meeting. Right? No, we had one at lunch, that was it. <laughs> no, fair so, enough. Yeah, I, didn't want to I didn't want to turn up pissed, so. No, fair enough. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> so where have, you come from? Where, have you, where have you come from today? So uh, office is based in Farringdon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where we are most of the time. A lot of our customers are based in the city. Right, okay. Cool. Well, listen, I'll tell you what, um, I, I don't want to talk too much because this show is all about you, Sam. Tell us a little bit about your career, how that dovetails into um, facilities management and the workplace. Um, and, you know, tell us how you started this journey and where you're at now and where you, where, you, where you may be in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, been in technology for God, 25 years now. Um, started life as a sound engineer doing sort of productions, events, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then got into what's called the audiovisual sort of integration industry, which was really the sort of first exposure into facilities. So, yeah. you know, it's workplace technology. Yep. I mean, you know, the term prop tech now, and I think is very broad. The lines are blurred where, mm. you know, audiovisual used to be audiovisual, IT used to be IT, but now yeah. you're seeing those areas sort of now blend so much more, you know, Know, as a company transact you know they they they're a very broad range of services you know right. we're, we're providing smart technologies like access control mm. occupancy sensors resource booking traditional audio visual it you know sort of aggregating data hosting data mm. so we're really looking at the whole the whole thing really you know right. for a day in the life of an employee yeah actually okay so 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 a, a large part of your role at the minute is is helping to facilitate that transition from a traditional work environment into that um, sort of post-COVID environment. Abs where, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously the key challenges at the moment are return to work. Yep. You know, the experience, you know, within the workplace to entice people to come back. You know, yep. ESG is obviously high on everybody's agenda yeah, as well. Yeah, it is very so, much so, yeah. Um, you know, very much our approach is around how do we provide technology to benefit you know, the organization, the users, yeah. looking at specifically those journeys and how do we get people from A to B mm. with the least amount of barriers and make that as, you know, seamless as possible. That's, yeah. that's really the key focus. And we work very closely with facilities, companies, front of house, guest services providers, mm. security teams that actually, you know, let's make it a great environment in which to be in. Yeah. Um, you know, without having to queue up and have bottlenecks effectively. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So it must be quite complex then, really, you know, sort of, because every, every building's different, isn't it? Everything has a different requirement. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is there a specific approach you take in terms of deal, dealing with it? Or My approach in business in general is very much looking at actually the processes and the policies of the organisation. Right. And what you'll find, I mean, we, we, we work with a lot of facilities companies, but also end clients as well, 
predominantly sort of enterprise. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, the key, our approach is the technology is the enabler. Yes. Um, yes. Really, the, the technology is out there and, it, it and it's moving at such a pace now yeah. that I don't think you know, it's a case of can you or can't you do it from a technology standpoint, but it's yeah. actually really understanding of how, you know, you need it to work for yes. you. And, you know, that is, as you say, is very different um, for every customer. And it's very interesting because you're learning all the time. Yeah. You know, you are advising because people do you know all different ways of managing their properties. You know yeah. how they they move people around, um, but in particular, we also find that those customers differ within regions as well. Really, so the systems that you might have in London might be completely different to that in Manchester let alone between countries. And we're talking big enterprise customers there. So really? I think one of the key focuses now is consolidation yeah. and looking at technologies that have an open mm. integration sort of yeah. methodology right. because you need to be able to flex in that environment. So certainly our approach and our advice to our customers is looking at you know the whole end-to-end process so we can specify the right technologies. I've seen so many large organizations sort of go down a dead end because they've invested in one particular technology yeah. that they've spent lots of time and money. Yeah. And then a year or so later, and then looking at another technology that cannot integrate with the one that they've already adopted. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's really important as well. And that's where the process, and also it's the adoption. So once yeah. you've deployed the technology and you made sure that it suits the processes and provides the right benefits, et cetera, the adoption is so important, and I think that is often overlooked. Uh, there was a stat, I think it was around two years ago, that said 70% of technology deployments fail within a workplace right. because of adoption. Yeah. So, yeah, too many... I can understand that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, because I've, I mean, I've, I've worked for businesses where they've either implemented a new IT system or a new CRM system or whatever, you know, and if yeah. it's not done properly, I think people tend to get quite exhausted of it quite they quickly. Do. They do. Yeah. And then they're just like, I'm not using yeah. it. It's, it's just it's making everything harder. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I do understand that. Yeah. You know. But just to go back um, on something that you said earlier, which I, I found really interesting, you said that um, the type of technology or the type of things that you would use would differ depending on the region. Yep. To, to, can you go into that a little bit more? Mm, absolutely. The reason, the reason I ask is because I think that our listeners would find it really interesting because, you know, we've got a lot of listeners in London, but I'm sure we've got some in Manchester and some in Birmingham and, and things like that. What drives that um, and, and, and how, does it, how think, does it play out? Certainly within regions, yeah. people generally have their own way of doing things. Right. You also have some individual departments within organisations who go off and do their own thing, whether it's regional or whether it's, you know, within the same region, but just different yeah. buildings. Yeah. Um, a great example of that, access control. Right. Very common that a large organization will have a different access control system in different buildings and different regions. So right. there are other, there are platforms yeah. that are, act as sort of middleware, it's called, that mm. will sit on top of those access control systems and, you know, bring them all together. Uh, I've also, quite a common one is visitor management, where you've got some buildings that are simple, the same companies that simple signing in book, mm. but then some might have adopted a visitor management system. Yeah. Some might have a different one in a different building. So, yeah, you do get a lot of this sort of mixed platforms and ways of doing things right. across different estates. Is, is that because in different regions they're perhaps more laid back, less... I mean, London's very busy, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody's going at a million miles an hour. I think it's example. a mix. So, it could be in terms of budgets. It could right. be in terms of priorities. 
Right. Um, so it's not scouts. necessarily individuals. It's more about the business as a whole. So, so well, I don't mean individuals. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, I don't know, for example, Northerners like me. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know it's, yeah. it's, it's not because I'm Northern and because I've grown up slightly differently. It's just because of the environment. It, it, the could, be, the it could be all of those things, effectively. Really? It could right. be that literally, yeah, an office in Manchester decided that's what they want to do, just yeah. gone off and done their own thing. Right. Whereas in London, you know, and it might be a time, in, you know, before you might have a central team who manage that. Yeah. To ensure that everything's aligned, but yeah, right. yeah, I can give you so many different examples. I won't I've, name names. But I find that really interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a large property company we deal with here in London where mm. they have got a mix of state of, of access control. Yeah, um, and that, to be fair, they did have one system, and now they're migrating across to another. Right, but to migrate across to a new system to transition is that you know you're talking a long time there's a lot of complexity there's a lot oh, of cost yeah, to of course. it so at the moment they then um so they're doing it in stages so two right. of their estates has this new access control system that they want to deploy yeah whereas the remaining estates of like 80 estates um still have that old legacy system right so you know sometimes it can be a transition but sometimes mm. it can be just food food choice that really? people have been able to do their thing particularly yeah. within that location okay so what's your view on smart buildings then because we, we've had varying um varying opinions on the show with regards to smart buildings and, and how they operate some people will say look the technology is just not there yet yeah. for it to work as you would expect it to yeah other people are like oh it's great you know yeah. um what's your view where are you at of course i'm biased yes yeah, so yeah, yeah, i am yeah, absolutely right. all for smart buildings and yeah. it's something i'm very passionate about you know that whole that prop tech area particularly is something that you know i, I, I enjoy mm. um i absolutely um believe that the technology is there right again it's adoption and it's processes and you'll probably right. hear me keep banging on about processes throughout this interview but it's it is so important because you know i think there's a lot of organizations that think well let's just Let's um, commit to the technology and, you yeah. know, all our prayers are answered yeah. and just think, well, the technology is going to sort it, but it's not going to teach you how to, to use it. Yeah. Agreed. You know, even coming in here today, you know, it's not your domain, but it was it was very interesting that actually, the, let's call it the smart technology that has been deployed in this building isn't actually working. The experience isn't great because nobody knows what they're doing and then they're doing it and it's not working and then they're having to ask the receptionist again. And the receptionist yeah. is then having to come round Right. And do it for them. Yes. And then I come up to the full floor, then I have to do the same thing again. I'm yeah. queuing to wait for heads and shoulders behind a desk, whereas actually I should have been able to just scan and go. Yeah. So you've got to look at all of those things. And, and, and you know, I, I advise anybody who's looking at any type of sort of smart technology deployment, go back to basics and think about what am I trying to achieve here? And just make it take a common sense approach and just make it easy. Mm. So the answer downstairs is, well, how do I get how do I ensure that somebody's informed that I had an invite? It had all the details of where I'm going, how to get there, who I'm going to see, how to contact them in the event I'm running late. And then when I do arrive, I clearly know what I need to do and I can scan and go. Yeah. Rather than arriving and then not really knowing and then typing something in which doesn't work. You know, so it's again, it's looking at that whole journey and remove barriers. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't mean necessarily, you know, security barriers. I mean, you know, generally, you know, as, as looking at the whole process and, you know, how do I get someone from A to B as easy mm. as possible? So scan a QR code, it's got all the information loaded Absolutely. on Absolutely. It might not just be a QR code. It could be an app or yeah. it could be all sorts of things. But, yeah. um, and then, of course... An RFID yeah. reader, something like yeah, that. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but also, the, you know, that, that's the user journey benefits. But, you know, in terms of sustainability and being proactive and know how the building's performing, when something's going to, you can proactively monitor and know something's going to break. Yeah. We have, certainly have a good indication mm. where you've got things like digital twins. So you could map an entire building's building services, like a BMS system, digitally, and then you can monitor food devices, IoT devices. You can then monitor each of those endpoints to look at the behavior. So if a light bulb's gone out, if the air conditioning's broke, a fan call unit or something, where you can monitor and you can then proactively react to that, to that incident. And mm. by having a digital twin, you've then got a digital model knowing exactly how that building's working, mm. exactly where all those, those endpoints, those systems are, so you can then go in and fully understand how to resolve that issue. Right. So, and then there's the sustainability piece, which trigger points. Yeah. Like if we look at the journey, you know, what I sort of mentioned and how we get someone from A to B. But actually, if we then, you know, book people in advance, whether it's employees, visitors, whoever they may be, knowing who's going to come in when, well, then I don't need to have the air conditioning or the heating running all day, every day, or the lights or the screens on. Yeah. They only come on when that room is booked. And actually, do I do it just at that period that it's booked or do I wait? Because it may be booked, but I might not turn up. That right. actually the trigger point is as soon as I scan to get through that door, my smartphone. Everything comes on. Everything comes on. Right, and then so you've got the data then as well. So technology is at a point where it can physically do that. It does all of that. That's TV already available. And there's lots lights. of companies. Yeah. You know, there's, there's healthy competition within the market that is all readily available right now where you can proactively monitor, where yeah. you can set trigger points, where you can streamline an entire journey of an employee or visitor. Yeah. Those things and have been around for many years, in fact. Yeah. So that is all now readily available. Okay, well, listen, I was very excited about asking this question yesterday because we had a guest who previously worked at Facebook. Yeah. I'm even more excited about asking you this question. Yeah. AI, yeah. is my toaster ever going to try and kill me? <laughs> Honest answers, I don't know. Right. Right, I don't, <laughs> but I don't. Where, this... In all seriousness, though, yeah. like, where do, where, how do you think AI... Because I would imagine it's going it's to feed into what you do more than anybody else. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How, how, do, how do you think... AI will impact the facilities management industry in, say, the next, I mean, I, I was going to say five years, but I think it's going to be it's within moving. two. Yeah, yeah, it's moving at yeah. such a fast rate. It's unbelievable, in yeah. fact. Um, so if we go back to what I said about the digital twins, proactive yeah. monitoring, et cetera, yeah. the AI is going to give us those insights and be able to determine what's going to happen next right. and send those triggers. Right. Like it could be a trigger simply to a maintenance team to say, go and change the filter in that unit or change mm. the light bulb. Um, it's... It's allowing us to better understand and join the dots. It's allowing us to sort of aggregate data far Mm. better and visualize that data. It is also enabling us to search for certain things and understand that data Mm. and and simplify the data as well. Right. I think that's the key benefits of AI. Mm. You know, I'm not a huge fan of robot replacing man and you know i've seen some of these if you look at visitor management um 
you know, there's some of these sort of gimmick roboty things, but That's people don't want that. They, you don't, you know, it's, it's like Rocky Four. It's, it? Yeah, it should be the name of that, right? So yeah. I think, but you know, though AI in the background, I, I think it's. I mean, we're only touching the services, yeah. uh, surfaces rather of actually what that can do. But certainly, what from us as an organisation and what we're doing, yeah. the huge benefits in AI is around the data aggregation. Yeah, um, and, and and lots of people talk about data. Um, but I think the three key points is to visualize, is to simplify um, and streamline, you know, on based on that data and, yeah. and really understanding what that data is doing. Because so many people are actually monitoring things and going, well, look, I've got all the data. Yeah. And they're going, well, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, well, the, I mean, to be fair, they generally don't have the time to be able to sit there and just go through yeah, it. You don't want to just be looking not everybody, at Not data. everybody is a data analyst. So, exactly. so what you're effectively saying is that AI, you, you, think, you think, will become a tool to allow us to rationalize that data far quicker and action any any outcomes as a direct result Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, uh, we're working on an opportunity actually for a telecommunications company for their data centers. Right. And, you know, we're putting some CCTV, which, you know, quite straightforward. Um, but then the options, you know, the, the data is going to be in the cloud. But do you have, you know, do you have just standard, you're recording the feeds, or do you have a tool that's got the AI that actually I can say, right, I need to know to search for this person with this hair color, with this item of clothing, that this time of day, and this trigger. Mm. And the AI is just going to do it for me. Yeah. Right? So I'm not having to search through 24 hours of footage. Yeah. The AI just does it. Bit of a worry if the government looks at it and goes, you yeah, well, absolutely. That's not, it's not a bad idea, is it? But there's also, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> this same technology, in fact, <laughs> that we've deployed within uh, football clubs, yeah. where actually it enables you to look at multiple camera feeds across different systems. Yeah. So, for example, for this particular football club, that they have um, uh, direct access into the police and then they can view their feeds, the police can view their feeds as well as their own and, you know, various buildings within within the, the area, within this particular city. Yeah. And the great thing for that is, like, if you look at, say, football hooligans, where they, the police already know they've just gone to that pub and completely mm. vandalised it, and they're on their way, route, to this particular football club. Yeah, to the match, yeah. And then they've already, through the AI, can search exactly what those individuals are. The police are giving the trigger point to the to the football ground. Mm. And then they can then determine, and they're looking for them, and they can map them all the way. So then they're just they're not coming in that football club. Right. Yeah. And then if there's any instance in the football club, they don't have to go through all of, all of the footage. Yeah. They can literally just go, right, I know that this person was wearing a red jumper. They had dark hair. Um, then they can get that feed, send it straight to the police. Literally, mm. probably by the time they've left that football ground, the police are waiting. They know exactly who that individual is. That there must be, um, there's got to be like opportunities for error within there, though, because there's lots of people in red jumpers with brown hair. And, you know, do you know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. is is the camera technology at a level now where that because there's a, there's this whole thing? You know, I used to work in security for a significant period of time. Yeah. Um. And and you know, footage for it to be utilised in a prosecution has to be of a certain standard. For example, of course. Okay. So, you know, are we potentially infringing on people's rights if? We stop them going into a football club, for example, but they aren't the individual that was in the red jumper trash yeah, in the pub. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, uh, so how do we, how do we, and it's an interesting, I don't know, but how do, how do we ensure there's a standard that's maintained? Because you have to ensure that everybody has the same 
category of camera that would be of evidential quality. Yes. And there's an investment associated with that. Yeah. So for, to, to me, it seems to me like that would be a long way off. So there is dependency. So, I mean, the yeah. AI bit is doing in order to make it easy to search yeah. for what you're, you know, the known the known object yeah, you're yeah, looking of course, for. Yeah. Like a, a gate or... A, a gate or somebody in a red yeah, jumper. Yeah, yeah. But of course, if the cameras and the quality is really poor yeah. and it's blurred and all you see is a red jumper, then yeah, yeah you can't ban everybody going into that football But some individuals will, though. Come on, I mean, look, <laughs> we've all been to that nightclub. The doorman is just like, oh, yeah, come on. You yeah, know, yeah. Some, some people would. So yeah. sometimes it could be used for the wrong, in the wrong, you know, an yes. individual that's done yeah. nothing wrong could be treated yeah. quite yeah. harshly. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure, yeah. and I'm not saying that it's absolutely 100% yeah. foolproof and you're not going to get it wrong, but at least you've got the ability to monitor it and yeah. look at it proactively. Yeah. So, I, you know, you know it's a group. You know that one was wearing one colour, one was wearing another. There is these certain characteristics that identified those individuals. Yeah. And as long as the footage is good, then yeah. absolutely. But at least you're, but where the AI bit is doing the job is to narrow that down. Yeah, so I can yeah, say, yeah. right, show me all of the footage of a group of individuals of five one had a red jumper and one had a purple jumper. So you're narrowing. I can narrow it down, narrow it down yeah, rather yeah. than just looking for you know, hours and hours of footage yeah. and just randomly, you know, I'm not asking it to just show me that. Yeah. I'm having to look at every single individual with hundreds of thousands of people so, so within you, that space. You're kind of doing a dynamic risk assessment based on the information that's yeah. available and you're, yeah. you're basically, you know, I, I guess from that point, that would, that dove, that dovetails, I think, into the training that the either security professional individual on the door would receive to make sure that it ties into adoption, I suppose, back to what you said yeah. earlier, yeah. that it ties into what that system is doing and there's clear guidelines around what you can and can't do. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that, that kind of yeah. scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But you've got to, but it enables you to narrow it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, really it's, a, it's a needle in a haystack. Yeah. And what's um, facial recognition was quite a hot topic, wasn't it, for it a was. period of time? Yeah. Um, I know that they trialled it in some places in London and a lot of people weren't yeah. very happy, Yeah. Uh, which is understandable, I yeah. guess. Um, what's, what's your view on facial recognition? Where is it now? And is, um, is it something that, do you think it's going to make a resurgence? Or I, I think view? it's there. I mean, look at the airports. Obviously, that yep. is, is actually, again, made our lives easier. If we're yes. looking at, you know, obviously it has the security element. Mm. Um, and I think it, Facial, the challenge with any AI technology when you're identifying an object is being able to see every single possible angle. Yeah. And what you don't want to do in a, when you go through an airport and you've got these e-gates yeah. is the beauty is, is that it's obviously scanning the photo on your passport. It's telling you exactly where to stand and it's looking at you face on. Yeah. So that is an ideal situation for yes. facial recognition. Yeah. Where facial rec recognition becomes more challenges mm. when it's a moving target in a building mm. and then, you know, it's seeing like my ear. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so the machine learning has to see all of these different versions of you, not versions right. of you, but different angles and everything else. So yeah. it needs to see the top of my head, the face on, the back of my head, yeah. side, all of these things. Yeah. So, you know, that's what is never 100% when you're doing that. But they, they are quite accurate. But when when you're face on like the gates at an airport, yeah. then that's very easy to do. Right. Um, if we look at a previous life, a business that I was part of, that you know, we had this virtual receptionist product that had facial recognition.
information. Mm. So that could, but the benefits of that is that it could identify you and go, hi, Mark, welcome back. Great to see you. Yeah. We know you love a cappuccino <laughs> and a Biscoff. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're in room two. I do like Off a Biscoff. You go. We've there. already permitted access, which is now sent to your phone. Yeah. On you go. It's secure. The building know who you are, but then it's personalized your journey. Yeah. Because it knows, but you can opt into that. Yeah. A bit like where you've got another technology that we represent is Amazon Just Walk Out. So right. it's the technology that Amazon use within their stores. Amazon Fresh stores. Yeah, Amazon Fresh That's stores. That's to stop people stealing, isn't it? Am I right well, yeah, that? but well, there's two ways of looking at it. Yeah. Stop people stealing, but also remove barriers and enable you to go in, get it wherever you want, and then yeah. go, go away. Right. Because it's obviously taking your credentials. Yeah. But again, you could utilize face recognition that I can go in. Again, this is all about permissions. So for me personally, would I allow a supermarket to take my payment details and know my photo so I can walk in to a supermarket, not having any arguments with my wife and just walk out without all the stress? Uh, Absolutely, I would. Really? But that's me. I would. I would absolutely. See, yeah. I wouldn't because I'm a Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Small, small hands, deep pockets. So, from my point of view, all, all, I, all I've got is my dad ringing me head saying, someone's going to nick that son. <laughs> no, but for me, as, as, a, as a consumer, yeah. then the benefits to me is that I can walk into that supermarket, I can do whatever I want, and then I can walk out. Yeah. And of course, you do that now, right? I understand that convenience, yeah. yeah. With that, and, and, I, and I do think that, you know... For me personally, I'd, I think I'd get round to it. Yeah. It took me a while to get used to the knife iron, you know what yeah. I mean? But from, the great thing the is, knife. though, it doesn't have to be mandatory, and I don't think no. it ever will be. So, you know, but there are benefits in being able to recognise an individual. Yeah. You know, that could be from a security... Obviously, airports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there are no benefits. choice. Yeah. There's no choice. They, yeah. they, you know, computer says no kind of thing. Well, if, good. If good you're not... Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, we obviously, don't... security is actually paramount. Yeah. But in terms of if you apply that within the sort of... the uh, the commercial world let's say yeah. then i think if as long as you give people the choice yeah and you know they understand well okay yeah we do capture your photo yeah but this makes your life easier or if you don't want to do it it might take you a few minutes longer than everyone else but yeah. we don't have to do it so yeah yeah i think giving those options yeah um and i think that's where the benefits of human and technology come in mm. i.e you know like a supermarket you go if I can either queue up for 10 minutes to go to a, a, somebody on a checkout or I can use the self-serve technology or I can do it far quicker. Yeah, my wife loves the self-serve. You know, she yeah. loves that rear gun in Asda that she can yeah. save so much time. So the Amazon Fresh concept about going in, not having to do anything, just getting what you want and then walking out. And Is that a concept that like works now? It's full it is. And they've actually that technology that they use, yeah. they actually sell that as a standalone solution right. so again you know football um stadiums is a great example of that yeah because you you know you're in the middle of a match mm. you then want to go and get a beer yeah you just missed two goals yeah yeah so oh if i can just walk up to the bar grab a beer yeah and then go back in my seat because i don't have to queue up to pay or anything Oh, now, yeah. where, where recently, actually, were they... Were now, now, now you're talking about something I'm quite interested exactly. in. <laughs> so, I mean, again, looking at it from a common sense perspective and the way that it was sort of demonstrated to us yeah. initially was they had this example where there was a football stadium and you had all these pre-poured pints sat there yeah. and that you could just grab it and go. Yeah. Now, I probably wouldn't want to do that because that beer's probably flat by now. That's true. But again, yeah. it's being pragmatic. But actually, yeah. what if I can go grab a can? Okay, it's not as good as a freshly poured pint. Yeah. But if I can go up, I can just grab a can. As long as it's really cold. Really quick. It's yeah. cold. As long as it's cold. You can put, you know, grab it from a fridge or yeah, yeah, a yeah. locker or all sorts of things. But 
I'm not interrupting. It's minimal disruption to my game. That's a cool idea, actually. Like, I, d- I didn't realize that that was a concept. No, that's, that's, a, that's a live thing. It's right. exactly the platform that they're using within their fresh stores yeah. that is a standalone solution that other customers, and, we, we, you know, again, football st- stadiums is um, an area through one of our facilities partners is, is a sort of a, a, is a, is a vertical for them. Right. Um, but there's a lot of interest, particularly for that use case. Right, okay. Yeah. Is, has, has that been adopted elsewhere so far, or is it just in... Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's other retail customers, really, um, yeah, stadiums, event spaces in general. So really? yeah, generally, where there's a public space with high footfall, is, yeah, is and there's really no, the there's no like benefit. limit to the footfall. You know, like if you were at Old Trafford, for example, and you have got seventy five thousand people, no, because so you're they're not using face recognition. Yeah, they're using your debit card. Right. Okay. So you will scan your debit card through the turnstiles, for example. Yeah, and then you go in and buy whatever you want, and then it's just picking up your debit card wherever you walk to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if we just charge you at the end. Wow. Yeah. That's quite, that yeah, is very yeah, clever. Absolutely. So yeah, obviously there, there will be some kind of authentication with the bank. Yeah. Like, like, you know, a minimal amount or something. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Need to say, look, make sure this person has got sufficient funds of up to 100 or something. Yeah. There will be a slight risk. If you can drink like a thousand pounds worth of beer, you know, <laughs> your bank account, then maybe kind of beat the system. I'm sure people could probably try. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. These, these things are, are being used. Yeah. Okay, and then moving on to another thing, because obviously the the facial recognition caused a bit of hoo-ha, didn't it? Um, They then sort of moved away from that, it's all right, we can look at your gait, you know, um, which for people who don't know out there, that's how you walk, effectively. Um, You know, who found that out? The gate. Yeah, I don't it, it know. We found out that we all have a different one, and what yeah, were they doing? But I tell you what, <laughs> actually, for someone who used to run, yeah, um, and now I'm constantly in, injured because I'm I'm not fit enough. Actually, that helps so much, right? You know, oh, in measuring that gate, really. And yeah, my wife's a keen runner, in fact. So yeah. for for knowing that and exactly how we run and the type of shoes that we needed to to facilitate that is absolutely key. So Honestly. again, this is where the technologies provide benefit. It's not it's not it doesn't always have to be about big brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it's really interesting. So what what do you think is coming down the pike from a technology perspective that we don't already know of? You know, let, let's say it was you, you were going to invent it. You know, you were going to invent something. Yeah. What would you invent? To help facilities management people by the way, not just Yeah. yeah. Well, what would you I'm invent? At the moment, I think the key thing is consolidation. Right. Right. Is rather than trying to reinvent the next thing. And yeah. also I've learned from having a business that first is not always great. You know, yeah. there's that whole old saying of third, not first. So, yes. you know, I'm not, of course you want people to innovate and create all these wonderful things. Yeah. Um, I think more of what is out there, but the ability to adapt it and consolidate. So again, if we look at, you know, two or three years ago where people were buying things, you know, uh, individually, like, you know, they would buy a resource booking system, they would buy a visitor management system, they would buy access control system and then try and fight the cause of how you can get all these three different platforms. Yeah, different platforms trying to communicate. Yeah, communicating. Yeah. And well, that, that was the big issue with smart buildings, wasn't it? Like people, people would buy lots of different systems and then say to someone like yourself, I want all this to talk together. Yeah. Come in and do it, but just yeah. don't charge me yeah. loads of money. And then you have to go back and say, you've got to buy new systems for everything. Exactly. Yeah. Because you might have customer A yeah. absolutely not wanting to integrate with customer B. And yeah. I've been there. And, yeah. you know, so actually, or one of the great examples is landlord versus tenant. Yeah. Where the landlord has a system, 
you know, th- this building is a great example of that. Yeah. Landlord has a system and the tenants then have their own systems. Yeah. So you're duplicating the process, which is really frustrating for the user. Yeah. And the landlord's going, well, look, it's my building. This is yeah. my system. Do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it's just not good for the for the tenants, then customers, visitors rather. So um, whereas you look at workplace apps now and they tend to have all of these things already. So they have the visitor management, the resource booking, the occupancy data Mm. and all of these things in one platform. And and actually some of these providers, it's cheaper just to buy that platform that does all these different things than just one individual system that's just doing visitor management. So I think that's really good to see that. I mean, if we go back five plus years, nobody wants to integrate with anybody. But I think think particularly within the facilities world, we're still seeing lots of vendors that don't do it, particularly at a hardware level, um, where it has to be software, but as well. But um, I think that people's sort of openness to integrate with one another, because they realize actually there's more business to be had if they do do that. But certainly workplace apps provides all of that anyway in the very nature most of those workplace app providers um provide the ability to tailor things to the customer needs as well do you think it's incumbent on the suppliers to to do more to 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 create that opportunity to i do i do yeah because they've done it with fines haven't they if you look at you know the new iphone for example has got the um is it universal charging cable is that what they call it universal Yeah. yeah Yeah, so because so, that was passed down by the European Parliament. Well, yeah, USB-C yeah, is, is basically, yeah, yeah. The, yeah because... So there's and, one charger for And the every, big thing was yeah. sustainability. Yeah. You know, Apple, you know, their biggest, you know, one of the most wealthiest company in the world, biggest tech companies, that, you know, I don't think they have to worry about a proprietary connector. So no. I think, again, it's knowing when to give. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, a big part of what we do as a business is audiovisual, and you're still seeing so many systems that are proprietary and won't talk to others. Video conferencing is a perfect example yeah. of that. The fact you still have to have an, a third-party system will provide that interoperability between Zoom and Teams and all of those really? things. You know, it's getting better, but, you know, video has been out since the 70s, but it's the hockey stick has only really happened since during COVID. Really? Um, but, you know, again, if we look at that traditional audiovisual world, the amount of times that a customer just can't get their head around what makes complete common sense and how to use a system um, and the ability to choose between different platforms, but it's not as easy as that. Yeah. I think the, the adoption of what's called bring your own device is becoming more and more popular. So instead of having a, a system, a video conferencing system within a room that is fixed to that particular platform like a Teams or a Zoom, mm. but the ability you bring your laptop in and actually it's whatever's on your laptop. Yeah. And then it's just connecting to the peripherals in the room like the Club cameras, and play, microphones and yeah, all those yeah, yeah. things. And, yeah. you know, that trend is becoming more and more popular now. Um, because it more gives, cost-effective, gives, I would expect. Yeah, more cost-effective yeah. and just gives that flexibility. Yeah. Um, so... Just got, got about, obviously team Zoom explosion COVID. Um, has has that come on in terms of a technology since COVID, or was it? Is it always? Been, it was like that before COVID. We just didn't use. No, it. no, hugely. Come on, I it mean, hugely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, a business we developed a, was an audio PABX. Uh, sorry, a video PABX system. So, audio where you can route audio like a call center. Mm. You ring up your bank. You, you know, it says, you know, press five for this department. You press five, it forwards you to that department. You then go in a queue and you're number three in the queue and yeah. your approximate waiting time is X. You could never do that with video. Whereas we developed 
that platform on video is completely unique. Cost, right. Cost a lot of significant investment. Yeah. Because the idea was that you were then, you know, you create this distributed model, i.e. banks, you don't have to go into a branch to do mortgages. You can just speak to a mortgage advisor. Mm. But if you're going to do one to many, you have to be able to route that traffic. Yeah. In this instance, video, where nobody could do it. It was so complicated. And, you know, we, like I say, we invested a lot of time and effort into that and money. Whereas now, you can readily do that with Teams. Yeah. Because the nature of the way the platform is. It's crazy, isn't it? Just for pittance. Yeah. You know, so absolutely, the video world, you know, I think Team and Zoom have absolutely completely transformed. Yeah. And also, COVID. Yes. I think, uh, there's not many technologies, certainly workplace technology companies, that won't say that COVID was a huge catalyst for them. Yeah. You know, look at Zoom. Yeah. I mean, they just completely took off. I've never heard of them. No. Ever. I think well, they sold most of their shares during COVID. Yeah. They knew it wasn't going to get any better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, 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 I hadn't, I'd never used Teams either, but it got installed on my laptop. I didn't know what it was, and I never used it. And then suddenly COVID came and I was using it. And... Teams was updated like a couple of weeks ago on my laptop, and now you can seat people in like an auditorium, which I really like. You can. You've got, <laughs> you know? these, you've got yeah. these avatars. Yeah. Well, the avatars, know. not so much, but like the auditorium <laughs> thing where everyone. Yeah. We did it by. Your dad did it. Dean did it by accident, didn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But it's convenience, right? Because it's not just video. Yeah. You can just do you can do audio, you've got the chat, you've got, yeah. you know, obviously the whole SharePoint thing, you've yeah. got everything. It's a complete system for a business to use yeah. to communicate. Yeah. better yeah you can always say your camera's not working yeah, if you're in your absolutely. Yeah, still lots of people don't have their camera on you know <laughs> yeah. you don't always yeah. you know when you did some extremes with video and what they call immersive video but yeah. you know you have to have eye-to-eye contact but even now we're all talking we're moving around mm. you know you're not constantly staring at someone yeah throughout that whole time are you? yeah it'd be no, a bit no. daunting if you're doing yeah. that so so yeah i think again taking a sort of a uh, a pragmatic approach to these things yeah um and you know i think uh, at the moment as well you're seeing a lot of trends where the office environment is trying to replicate that of the home yes. soft furnishings it doesn't have to yeah. be so for- formal yeah. dogs in the office the dogs yeah. in the office all sorts of things so yeah. uh, you know I, I which is really interesting you know up until probably covid everybody's trying to make their homes look like their office yeah now everyone's trying to make their offices look like their homes yeah 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 and make it that welcoming place that you don't have to sit in a meeting room in a hard formal chair yeah actually i can sit on a a comfortable sofa and i can have my legs crossed my laptop on me and yeah yeah but it's the ability to be able to communicate with anybody anywhere yeah i think is the key driver for these things i I don't think we've really understood or I, i don't think it's really taken root um how big the changes have been in the last three years. I think we'll look back in about five or six years' time and yeah. think, wow. Yeah. Wow, that was that was massive. I mean, yeah. COVID was massive, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it was hard on a lot of people and obviously people lost their lives and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was horrible. Yeah. However, I still don't... We've, we've, we've come back now, haven't we? And it's like yeah. it's all back to normal. But I think, in, you know, in five years' time, history will judge it as... What a catalyst. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah unbelievable absolutely. catalyst. And there were some, you know, for what was a very difficult situation, I think, you know, for, for a lot of us, yeah. you know, you know, hopefully we don't go ever go through it again. Mm. But actually, if, if you look at it, you know, with some sort of positivity, that actually the way we work has definitely improved. 
Yes, oh, I agree. Absolutely. 100%. You know, yeah. whether you're a diehard, everybody should be in the offices or you're someone yeah. who never wants to go in the office again, but, you know, it's easier. Yes. Right. Give, you give your laptop, you could even a smartphone and an yeah. internet connection. And away you go. Away you go. Yeah. Unless you're working on the roads or Unless, oil yeah, or something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, Sam, do you know something, right? Um, I think this is the first time know the podcasts that I've done that I haven't asked one of the, the set questions that we use because it's been so interesting um, talking to you about technology and how technology can enable can enable the workplace. Um, look, that's kind of the end of it. Okay. Um, how have you found it? Good. Yeah, yeah. you enjoyed yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Very easy. Flows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, enjoyable. fantastic. Yeah, really good. Okay. Well, listeners, um, listen, it's an absolute pleasure to to have Sam on the call today. It's been a fantastic episode. Really enjoyed it. Um, Thank you very much. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you.